0: When it comes to fitting aftermarket standalone ECUs into late model cars, it's fair to say it's getting harder and harder. Our current crop of cars are incredibly technical with a lot of electronic control modules and this makes it very difficult to remove the factory ECU. Now we're here with Mark from R Sport Race Engineering to talk a little bit more about what's involved with this and what our options are. Welcome to High Performance Academy's Tuned In Field Report podcast series. In these special midweek episodes we look back through our archives to find the best conversations we've had through years worth of attending the best automotive events across the globe. We've pulled the audio from these tech filled interviews with some of the industry's most well known figures for you to enjoy as a quick hit of insider knowledge. Now Mark, before we get into the technology involved with these late model cars, Mm -hmm. I actually want to rewind a little bit because I want to find out how you got involved in tuning. It's uh, one of those industries that's a little bit hard to break into, not a lot of knowledge around, particularly a few years ago. So how did you get started?
1: Basically we started doing a lot of um, circuit racing. We did um, what's now Super 2 Series. So there was lots of data back then in those cars. Um, It's obviously got to be more and more as the years have gone on. So you just kind of evolved, you wanted to keep pace, you wanted to keep looking, you wanted to try to keep improving those cars so you just got more and more involved in it. You also had to maintain the engine throughout a race weekend as well so you were always trying to optimise
0: performance of that motor and it just developed from there. So for those viewers who aren't familiar, Super 2, that's the feeder series basically for the Australian Supercar series which is the top echelon of sort of tin top racing here in Australia? It's pretty much it, yeah. So it's a one generation old car normally, yeah. All right, so what was your involvement there? Are you sort of data engineer or are you actually engine tuning?
1: Uh, Basically data engineer and engineering the suspension and everything else as well. But you got involved in the engine tuning sort of going forward from that? That was one section of it as well. You didn't always have your engine builder there just because it's a budget thing. So you'd always be trying to make sure that the engine was running as, as well as it could be.
0: So moving on, your business has sort of evolved a little bit and while you do a little bit of tuning as well, more sort of around specific projects, you're now really developing uh, solutions for late model cars. And can you start by talking us through where are the challenges when it comes to uh, developing an aftermarket ECU solution for a a current generation car? The biggest problem is everything's can-based. If
1: the car doesn't receive the correct can signal at the right moment, the numbers change in the right sequence, that component will either not work or it'll throw a fault code or it'll go limp home mode. It's one of those kind of scenarios with the car. With a late model car, the ABS might not turn on, air conditioning might not work. Um, there's all kinds of requests and replies that have to be within that CAN bus structure or the car just won't function
0: correctly. And that gets a little bit more complex even, I mean we can obviously drive a car with no ABS or with no air conditioning, maybe no gauge cluster, but it uh, gets a little more complicated when we're talking about dual clutch transmissions or modern uh, automatic transmissions where the interaction between the transmission control module and the engine control module is essential. So uh, can you talk us through the, the the process if you like of how you actually get started developing a solution for these cars? Well, you really need to,
1: first off, get a, a really good kind of a CAN bus scanner, so you can actually you know, have a look at the CAN bus, then you've got to try and work out what channels are what, when they change, how they change, the pattern that they change in, and then you've got to try and also relate whether the original program has done it on a full byte or a half byte kind of a structure for that particular channel, or whether it's over two bytes. So you've got to be constantly trying to work out what they're doing, then... You need to work out what signals the ECU is actually generating, which lines of can, and then how that interacts with the other lines of can that every other module in the car is generating.
0: Definitely complex and, and obviously we're not going to be able to get to the bottom of this here in a, in a short interview but I'm just interested, Like, let's take something really really simple, let's say uh, you've got a parameter that's broadcast over the CAN bus from the FATCHER ECU, yep. let's say engine speed which is going to go up to the gauge cluster. So for that one single parameter, what would be your process of finding that on the CAN bus, sniffing that out and figuring out what ID it is and yeah. how many bytes it's sent across?
1: RPM's usually relatively easy it's generally always over two bytes. Um, there's an orientation basically whether it reads left to right or right to left um, you can generally kind of work that out once you've actually found the channel that moves if you like when you rev the engine um, it's reasonably simple you've kind of got it there then generally we'll regenerate that signal back into the car remove the ECU from the car put maybe a dash or something else back into it generate that signal and see if the taco works effectively uh, It's basically how it goes. The only other thing you have in that is a scaling number. Um, The number's just a raw number. It does move, obviously, with RPM, but it might be divided by 5, might be divided by 6. Temperature, for instance, it's usually a divide by number, and then it's got an adder as well to get it back to the value you want. That's probably the slightly tricky bit, is finding the exact adder
0: and multiplier to get to where you want to be. So can you use the likes of a factory scan tool to see, for example, let's say you're talking about a temperature, maybe engine coolant temperature, can you look at the scan tool, see what the actual engine coolant temperature yeah. is in a digital number and use that to help with your scaling? That's
1: basically, you normally have a scan tool in there so you can see what it is but then you really need an aftermarket can capture tool or a scan tool to actually find the raw data coming back out.
0: Alright so getting the data is, is one thing but of course you actually have to make use of it and uh, then be able to regenerate it and definitely not every ECU, in fact very few aftermarket standalone ECUs can do this and I, I think you're, you're basically solely based around the Motec M1 product. Can you talk to us about how that M1 ECU works and where the, the advantages and, and pros are on that product? You really need a build package to
1: be able to do it so basically with a build package you can go and you can actually write the code in the background in certain modules and and that's basically how we generate the code. So the ECU will obviously generate an RPM signal, we then take that RPM signal and then transmit it at whatever CAN bus speed it happens to be for that car and then whatever scaling number or adding number is in there we can write that in as well. That's probably a challenge because I don't really come from a computer background and it's been actually learning and getting your head around the the code that you have to write
0: to get the result that you want. And I think again for those who maybe aren't familiar with the Moti M1 package, that build that you're talking about, uh, this essentially allows you to write your own firmware to do whatever you want with that ECU, basically uh, whatever you can imagine, as long as you can write the code you can do it. Uh, So then you can make a package specific to a certain vehicle, that's your own package, you can then sell it to customers.
1: That's exactly how it works, and you really need to be able to do it in build as well. The generic package that MoTeC has, like the GP packages, they're really good kind of things, but they're quite defined in their CAN bus. You can't have any kind of a custom setup at all. With the M800, you could a little bit, depending, but the M1, it's very fixed. The other thing you have is that the address that MoTeC have allocated within that M1, when it talks to their loggers, you can quite often get a conflict with that, with the actual car, because they'll be using that address.
0: You can't can't say. You've got to move things within the bus for it to work. You can't have two devices communicating on the same address.
1: No, two devices communicating on the same address will cause you an instant failure or CAN bus crash or whatever. Straight up.
0: It's been great to to find out a little bit more about what goes into that and of course it's not going to be for everyone but as our cars do become more complex it's fair to assume that this is only going to get harder for us so fortunately there's some smart people out there like you developing these packages so people down the line can purchase these and actually add an aftermarket standalone to their car so thanks for the chat there Mark. No worries, thank you. If you enjoy this podcast please feel free to leave us a review on whatever platform you've chosen to listen to it on. It goes a long way to helping us get the word out there. All these conversations and much more are also available in full on our High Performance Academy YouTube channel so make sure you subscribe.